0: Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whistle Town FC whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again. This podcast is the audio from the video of manager Lloyd Blackman reviewing the season so far. I hope you enjoy it. Right, we're back live again, Lloyd. How's that? All of a sudden we're in lockdown. It's uh talk about deja vu.
1: Yeah, crazy. I think there's um I think we probably all expected it in some some way or another. Not maybe not quite as national as it has been, but um yeah, it's I think we were all worried about a second wave, weren't we? So sadly it's um back, so, yeah, yeah. feels like you say it feels like deja vu.
0: We need to apologise right at the outset because we're, we're both of us having problems with signals dropping out a bit. But we'll just persevere and give it a go. All right, here we go. Now, this is going to be a, a look back at the league so far. I'll just give a little summary as how I feel about it. To be honest, I think at times we play some great football. And then at other times we've never quite converted that great football into, into a winning football. Because we've conceded goals in the last minute. We've scored goals in the last minute. We've had too many players sent off, and and one when we didn't think we were going to win. Conversely, we've gone from a situation where we've looked in a very healthy position, but not been able to hang on to our lead. So, it's a it's been a frustrating season, Lloyd, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's It's been uh, very topsy turvy. I think that's I don't think that is just regarding our level and our league either. I think if you look across the whole, well, you can go as far as saying you know all football that's returned whether it's you know european whether it's premier league whether it's you know professional levels or leagues above whatever i think there's a very there's there's a real inconsistency since people are returning and it's been a you know it's been a, a difficult sort of two three months really and, and 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 for me it's it's no it's no coincidence that um other leagues other leagues are suffering with the same same level of inconsistencies as well as we have and i think that's been you know to everyone it's 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 really frustrating
0: yeah it doesn't matter what level you follow i mean a classic example is uh, the other night i mean arsenal gets humped three 0 by aston villa uh, you know yeah. there's some really um, odd results here there and everywhere aren't there anyway yeah, let's yeah. go back to ours um first game for us was uh, uh, when i say first game for us first proper game was um away in the fa cup to carl shorten i didn't go to that but we lost 5-1 and then after that, I'll just summarise this first little bit. In the league, we uh, we went to the sitting ball, scored after three minutes and ended up losing 3-2. But at times we weren't really in it. So just give me your views on those two.
1: Well, the FA Cup one was, I I think it was probably the toughest draw possible for us. I think there was only four teams in the league above that entered our level of the rounds, as in generally it was going to be the our level that was going to be... Um, in that first preliminary round, I think it was, or extra preliminary round, whatever they call yes. it. Um, yeah, well, sadly, we drew the team above that was positioned in the highest position from the league before away from home. So we, we really did feel that we were... It was, a, 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 you know, a, a, an unlucky draw for us. They're taking, taking nothing away from Carl Short, and They were... If, if I think they'll be one of the top two teams that will finish in the right... In the, well, the, the Ishmael Prem next season. We managed to maintain... We managed to... Uh, you know, prevent them from doing the things that we wanted them to do for the first sort of 30 35 minutes and our game plan actually worked really really well and eventually I think their their touches of quality um shone through and and they, they went one nil up and then sadly literally on the stroke of half time two nil and that was probably the, the the killer the killer blow for us that if we'd have probably held on at one nil then it may have got a little bit shaky for them but um I've got no real, no real complaints from the result. I thought they were a really really classy team. Um, they did everything really really impressively. And um, as as I said, it was always going to be a very difficult difficult one, and it was a difficult a tie for us. So it was one that we um, we went there with nothing to lose, you could say. Um, and, and and you know, it was it was quick to try and not let that have a negative effect on our confidence. So that when we did, we were back into the league campaign the following week. That that as I said, it it, it didn't sort of didn't sort of stutter stutter our progression. So yeah, we we, quick, we quickly drew a line under that one, and then we moved on to the Sittingbourne game, and you know, we uh, we picked up two two injuries in well one injury in warm up, uh, one injury immediately well two injuries in warm up, but one was Ollie Rowe was able to continue until half time. Yeah, it was, again, just a frustrating, you know, frustrating time for a game for us. We'd started off brightly, set, when we just we we let two was it two? Yeah, it was two, wasn't it? Cause it was two. Yeah, two Kamikaze goals that we gave away yeah. from restarts and set pieces. There was just no explanation for it, and 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 one that we all just we couldn't believe that we conceded because we were so so sloppy and switched switched off from those. When it comes to the second half. Our possession was a lot better. We were we were we were a lot we were a lot better. You know there was lots of passages of play that we did really well, and it just it just a matter of the said. And the one time that they broke from our mistake, they made it three one, and you sort of yeah you, you just giving goals and get three goals away that were that were that were as I said from our point of view were really frustrating but as I said second half there were a lot more positives to come from it but sadly by the time we did get the one back from meds in the last minute or so it was it was too late but um yeah yeah disappointing start
0: it was and and then our very first at home when we entertained VCD we lost that one 4-1 just to summarize the second one as well so it gives you more to talk about with that was followed up by an away to Hayward's Heath when we uh, we won that 2-0. So we lost 4-1 on the back of the Sittingbourne game and then went away and won at Hayward's Heath, which is always a tough mm. place to go. So it was mm. a, still this bit of inconsistency for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, completely agree. Um, first half against VCD, the conditions played an awful part, awful big part in, in that game. It was um, the wind was blowing Yeah, from one end to the other. So you you always, you had a bit of an advantage and we, and we didn't really seize upon that advantage in the first half. We, you know, we went one nil up and then second half, yeah, whether or not it was the effect of of the week before where we just didn't feel that we had, we'd done ourselves justice and whether or not that's sort of hanging over the players' heads a little bit, you know, that they're, with the Carl Shorten one, which we wanted to draw a line under, we, again we sat down at the Sittingbourne game and said, right, okay, that's not us. We've, give it, we've gifted three mistakes here. That's not that's not what we're about. Um, and then again, we rolled onto the first the first half against VCD. We did okay. We managed the conditions fairly well. And then second half, we just again it was just error after error. And it was you know, it, the the, you, you, the young boys they really got sort of kicked in the teeth. And every opportunity that, that the VCD seemed to have. They stuck it in, very workmanlike side, very physical, very strong. And again, you know, we, we walked away with that 4-1 and the, I, I had no complaints about the result. Um, you know, the players didn't either. So it was, yeah, roll your sleeves up and, and, and get back to what we want to do because that wasn't the start that we wanted. So we had a good, you know, we had a good session, good couple of sessions that week. We rolled on into Haywards Heath and, and, and again, you know, the, the, you can sit here and you can, you know, I said before, you can tear paint off the walls or you can, you know, throw cups of tea about, and you can start, you know, effing and blinding at the players. But I, you, you look at those players, and they're all honest lads, and you just know that, you know, they know. I know that they're hurting just as much as I was. So by the time you come into the Haywards Heath or preparation for the Haywards Heath game, again, we've done our we done our due diligence, and we've looked at all the work that that we felt was going to be beneficial to us, and to and how we can prevent them. And, and, and as I said, we got a really, really good result. Workmanlike, tough. We needed to roll our sleeves up. We felt that we, we felt as a, as a group that we'd, we were very disappointed in our efforts and our display against VCD. So we had a point to prove. And, and as I said, two 0 for us. I thought that was, that was a really, really good result because I know that they weren't doing so great, but you know, nor were we, to be honest. And we'd, we'd lost the we'd lost the first two games. And, and, and as I said, we needed a backlash and a reaction. And I was pleased with the boys how they responded.
0: Yeah, it, it really sort of put the put the uh, couple of uh, losses, the one at Sittingbourne and the VCD one to bed, because then it, it gave you the confidence, the lads the confidence and and the supporters as well that uh, you know we've got a half decent side. And then that yeah. was reaffirmed um, with uh, a win away at uh, Three Bridges. You you can recap on that one, and also uh, home to Burgess Hill. Uh, Three Bridges, we came back from the dead almost to win three-two. What a game that was! And then the yeah. Burgess Hill one, which we won one-nil. And Dan saved the penalty in that game. But you yeah. were your boots on the Three Bridges. I know the support was about a lot to say about it, but uh, it was a great game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, you know, Tuesday night game away away at Three Bridges is always a difficult tie. Now, whether or not you're managing people's players, you know, work commitments, and but again, you know. It's more, more, more so in, in, in times like they are, where you know, whether it's COVID related, you know, we don't have many buses or coaches that can take us there because of the situation that's going on. So we are in a position where players are, are having to make their own way there. In times instead of car schooling because of you know bubbles and COVID restrictions and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So all those little things can play a massive part. So when you are drawn away at three bridges on a Tuesday night, it adds to the complications. The know, they went, what well, they go, tune it up. They went 2 0 up. 2 0 up. Um, yeah, penalty, yeah. Penalty that won a penalty. Yeah. We Agreed. We got, we went in, we started playing the way that they wanted us to play. We were playing far too direct. You know, I'm screaming from the sidelines, doing my nutting after half an hour because I just wanted us to keep and retain possession because I knew that, that, that they would struggle with it. And it took us half an hour. By then, you're 2 0 down. So you've given yourself a massive, massive uphill battle. And after half an hour, we actually finally realised that we could pass the ball about a bit and we're not a bad side. So we raised the confidence of the two, you know, confidence over a period of the two, three games that maybe you know kicked us in the teeth a little bit. All of a sudden, we were then able to move the ball around. It's a decent surface to be fed at three bridges because it's usually not that great. But when we got there, you know, the benefits of having a lockdown, I suppose, they enabled them to be able to to, um, to produce a really good playing surface. And but like I said, after half an hour, we then started moving the ball around. And if, if you watch the goal, I think it was from Milbank's free kick, pattern of play in the phase that we'd worked before. It was very, very retention-based, and we were able to get ourselves in a position where we were on the stroke of half-time, get ourselves back in the game. And that was massive for us. That was absolutely massive. I do believe that they should have had a couple of players sent off in that game. That's not just me saying maybe sour grapes, if you were. But I thought the, the, the refereeing performance in that one was probably one of the weakest I've ever seen at this level. So we realised at half time that if we keep the ball, and move the ball, we'll not only frustrate and we'll not only cause more problems for them, but we'll get ourselves back in. And to be honest, even when it went to, even when it went to like the last five ten minutes of normal time, because I know the referee added on, that was the only good thing he did to be fair. But by the time it got to sort of like 80 85 minutes, I still felt that we were going to get an equaliser. I, I just felt that you know we were knocking on the door so many times, and our work was really really good the least the boys deserve was a point for their endeavour and how much they've worked in that second half to get themselves back in. So when Gilly played a lovely through ball for Milbank and Milbank stuck his one away for the second goal, and it was still, you know, the referee then added about, I think he added eight minutes of injury time on top, which was fair because they delayed the game from start of the second half. They would, you know, it was, it was that blatant. So and then we brought young mohammed on he's always he's always capable of nicking a goal and it was it was a gamble as i said you know we we brought victor on just before we threw mohammed on and said go on kid you know and i said to him before the game i was like you're going to get a chance you you'll get a chance don't you know don't panic just you get an opportunity then then trust your ability and and, and to be fair it was it was an amazing finish an amazing finishing right at the death um i think you can probably see the videos we are all jumping about going absolutely barmy it was um yeah, it was it, it it was it was a really really nice finish to to a game that I felt over the course of probably the ninety minutes, if you deduct the thirty minutes from the beginning, over the course of the whole game, I thought that was that was um, that was what we deserved.
0: Yes, it was very very entertaining, <laughs> nerve wracking. I mean, I, how yeah. how you cope with that? I don't know. And one of the boys put on, on social media about your double because obviously your hip is still not uh, as it should be, let's say, and your dance was quite funny because oh, yeah, one, was... moment, uh, one minute you looked you were going to run down to the corner flag and then thought <laughs> it was right. Yeah, quite
1: I, better, I thought Understand better of it. it. I thought better of it, yeah. I, was just, yeah. Uh, I wasn't meaning to be dancing around and hobbling around, but um, again, you know, you can't control those emotions. <laughs> when you nicked a 97th-minute winner, yeah, you just you, you you lose control of yourself, really. And I think I ended up jumping on Levy and the physio, and jumping on Ada. And I think Ben, I think Ben was um, one of the directors was behind the goals. So I jumped on him. Uh, behind the behind the dugout, which I jumped on him. But uh, no, again, again, it was great. And I felt, and I was really, really pleased for young Mohammed, as I said, it was a great, you know, great introduction into you know his first goal at senior level and a competitive level. Um, and I don't think he's going to top that, to be perfectly honest. The finish was quite outstanding. The you know he. I think, I think the good thing was as well is that immediately uh, you know you see the reaction of the players as well, and everyone's jumped on Mohammed afterwards, and that was that was a really nice touch for the kid, and um, yeah, I was really pleased, really pleased, especially for him.
0: It was lovely, it really was. Right, home to Burgess Hill, we won, we won that one, one nil. Dan saved the penalty, and then that was followed up by the Hive game, and I'll leave you, I'll leave you to give your views on
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Burgess Hill again, it was a, a very workmanlike performance. We'd we'd had them watched through um, through through a scout of ours and there was there was quite a little there was quite a bit of the video analysis that we were able to gain on them, not only from from this season, but you're also able to gain you know, from the analysis, or should we say the, the recordings that we'd done the previous season? So we were able to revisit those and look back on certain things and certain patterns that they may have. So again, the the benefit of that video analysis was was not was was working great because we had now had. A sort of memory bank of all the games that we'd had previously that we were able to then um, then then use you know to be able to help. So yeah, one nil. That the, the goal itself was really good. I remember the goal itself. Meds, Meds and Millbank linked up well. Um, We've been changing our shape around a little bit because injuries. Yeah, well, all injuries, to be perfectly honest. We were then trying to put people in their rightful positions as opposed to, as I said before, satisfying my tactical sort of requirements or needs and what I feel is the best formation. But we went to a shape that, as I said, was probably putting the players in their correct positions to be able to work that. Um, It worked well. Meds and Milbank were up front. Meds played great delivery. TJ broke lines and, and... TJ got a diving header on the back post, which was a really, really, really good goal. And then the longer the game, we said at halftime, don't give any silly opportunities away. Let's make sure we continue to do what we do. Our ball retention needs to be better. Two minutes into the second half, their right winger dances in from out to in, which is a cardinal sin for us. They cannot do that. If you're showing them down the line, you show them down the line. They cannot step inside. Two minutes into the second half, the guy dances inside and we give away a penalty. And I'm like, oh, we've just gone through these exact, exactly the, the scenarios that cannot happen. And it was those sort of silly mistakes that were happening continuously and continuously, which were really, really beginning to eat away at me. Fortunately for us, as we know, you know, damn, damn, saved the penalty. And 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 then I think we had a couple of other chances. It was probably a fair game, quite a close game uh, in towards the second half. But as I said, by the time they then started to bombard, the, bombard the box, put balls into the box from 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 from. from uh, from their middle third as opposed to their final third, I knew that then we were in a much more comfortable position. So although one nil probably, you know, Dan saving a penalty, that's the last half an hour a game when they're resorting to having to put the ball in the box from their final from the middle third of the pitch. I think you can take that. It's, it's different if they're carving you open and creating opportunities. They weren't. It was a very, very, very sound second half apart from the penalty second half defensive display and and then as I said and when Dan comes up and not only saves the penalty but you know he's extremely reliable any ball in the box he dealt with uh, as I said it was um, yeah lots of positives to take from that and and more importantly was the three points in the result so yeah happy day
0: well um before we go on to the next game which was the FA trophy away which I didn't know I've got a
1: hive game to talk about don't I I've got a hive game to talk about <sighs> oh, yeah thanks, thanks yeah, let me, yeah well we'll brush over that as quickly as possible. I just want to say that uh, that was a, a crazy day. If you look at the statistics from that game, high that eight shots, we had six, and if you look at that and tell them, I say, okay well, what's the result going to be from that eight eight you wouldn't never think it going to be six nil. No. Everything that hit went in, we defended extremely poorly again, I have to bring up the simple fact that. The the penalty for the first—it wasn't a penalty. I've got it on video analysis. It's absolutely blatant. It is not a penalty, and so things weren't quite going our way. That is no excuse from the simple fact that the way that we couldn't defend set pieces—they had nine set pieces and nine corners—and I think they scored from four of them or five of them. And that was that was as I said, and I mentioned about the little silly mistakes that we'd made at Sittingbourne, the little silly mistakes that we'd made the week before against or the three days before against Burgess Hill. Those things were coming really, really quite, they were they were the one consistent part of our game as opposed to everything else that was un, un, inconsistent. So what we were consistently doing was making mistakes. Why we were doing that, I don't know. Was it an element of fitness? Was it an element of, uh, of collateral concentration? Was it quality? Was it a case of, the six, seven months that we'd had, or three, four, five months, however long it was that we'd had off, is that now caught up with the players? Because there's now that element of, like I say, is there are lots of different things that could contribute to why we were making such silly mistakes, but they were consistent and that was, the, that was the problem. So it's not like it's one game and, you know, one game a month, you go, okay, Christ, you know, we made a mistake. It wasn't, it was happening week in, week out. And that for me was massively, massively alarming. So. Yeah, the 6-1 was 6-0, they, you know, they deserved it, although probably the statistics say that I don't think it was quite a 6-0 job, I don't, but it was certainly, considering we come off the back of three wins, to then be brought back down to earth quite sharply, that was, um, like I said, that was a concern.
0: What I wanted to touch on now, before we go on to the um, FA Trophy game away, which I didn't go to, so uh, I'll leave that in your hands, but... I'd like to talk to you uh, and get your comments about injuries at the moment because they seem to be mounting up as the uh, as the, the, the league went on. How's what's the state of play at the moment with your boys?
1: Okay, so there's probably going to be players that I miss here. So we a week before the start of the season, or should we say uh, just before, just as we were coming into pre-season, Jake McKenzie had to pull out through uh, th- through issues. I don't really need to go into. But Jake McKenzie was uh, sadly was going to be unavailable for us. Completely, un- completely understood Matt situation, and as I said, anyone that understands the reasons why will be co- completely supportive. Yeah, he had the support of myself and the support of the club. So we missed Jake McKenzie the week before. So arguably one of the best right backs we have, or should we say we've had in the league that's been cons- consistency-wise, if we're talking about consistency. Ollie Rowe kept picking up niggly injuries, which was frustrating not only for Ollie, but it was frustrating for us. He said he was, it was difficult. There was a couple of players that were lacking in form. He said whether that was a, the knock-on effect of the time and break we'd had off, so their form was being affected. Harry Stannard lasted, sadly, two games in pre-season, a game in pre-season, or should we say two weeks into pre-season, and he had a reoccurrence of his groin issue that was the same one that he'd had the last year, and now it was flaring up even more so. Liam King... Played three games for us in pre-season. new knee balloon the size of a beach ball and he's waiting for more more work. Ollie Rowe, it's not looking good. We're still waiting on further, uh, further news, being able to go and see a physio face-to-face. Everything he's been doing, has been doing a bit like us on a video call because of the restrictions and what's going on. But Ollie Rowe's knee doesn't look great. So I think we have to rule him out for the mid to long term that's that's um a really really so when you go over harry Stanard, jake mckenzie liam king uh ollie gray ollie rowe you're now sitting here you're now sitting here going right okay that's five strong injuries we then picked up jay hards then picked a great pre-season for us he then picked up a really bad ankle injury that was six I think I counted eight at one time. We went into a game with eight injuries, and it was or eight players unavailable, seven through injuries and one through Macca's case, which we knew about. Yeah. Um, and and I, I hear an awful lot about from other clubs, and I, and I, and you know whether or not I, you read certain news reports or up, everyone's going through exactly the same. Everyone is exactly the same. You know, we started our pre-season work the day that we were allowed the day that we were allowed to get people in the group, the boys were doing their own stuff. So I think we had at one stage, we were allowed bubbles of five, which was very, very yes. hard to put on team training sessions. So players were out doing their own bits. Um, the moment that we were allowed to get together as a group, we did. So we did the longest pre-season that we could possibly do with, with the So fitness, I don't think was an issue. Sadly, there were players that were coming back and that, which is another thing you have to take consideration. So players were coming back from into pre-season after being three, four months out of work and then having to go and do work whilst then coming to training and sometimes had to miss a training session because they needed the work because they've been out of jobs yeah. for the last three, four months. So there was loads and loads and loads of little things that may have played a contributing part in players' fitness or should we say their form. But as for as for where we are at this moment, if there is a, you know, if there is a, uh, what's the word what, you know, a, uh, Silver lining? Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I'm looking for. If there is a silver lining with what's happening at the moment, you'd like to think that it's going to give those boys an opportunity now to, one, to work on their fitness, which I'll touch upon in a moment, and secondly, to be able to heal sort of niggly injuries that may have happened over the last three, two, three, four months. So, you know what? I don't want to use excuse. Every manager has had it. Everyone has had it. And and, and that, again, you know, I could easily just turn around and say, we've been really unlucky. Well, we have, but then also read what everyone else has. Everyone else has been unlucky as well, because there have been a lot of injuries and a lot of um, during this time. Um, but it again, it didn't allow us to be able to be consistent with our team selection. It didn't be able to allow us to be consistent with our performances. And as I said, really, we were sort of going in week to week, unsure of what performance level we were going to give. And, and you know, we had three great performances and then all of a sudden we, had, you know, the, the poor performance against VCD second half, the poor performance against Hive, and then also you know, like, you just you didn't know which how it was going to go. And again, I talk about the six months previously having a having a uh, having a key port, you know, key factor on it. I believe that's I believe that's the case.
0: Yeah, very very fair and honest uh, comments all the way through, which uh, I'm sure all the supporters will appreciate. Ashford, not our Ashford, Ashford Middlesex. We lost that 1-0. There were five yellow cards in that game, one for us and four for them. I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't really uh, uh, say, but um, they scored after five, eight minutes. And, of course, that one goal, and apparently it was a worldie, wasn't it? And then uh, that puts us on the back foot. And then after that, we were away to East Greenstead, That was a two-all draw. But uh, I'll let you run through those two now.
1: Yeah, so the the Ashford one, again, you know, we'd come off. That was the back of the Hive game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the back of the Hive game. So again, back in training on a Thursday, make sure that we are, you know, we're regrouping, we do, you know, we do everything we can, prepare prepare ourselves the best we can. I think the one thing, like you say, it's easy to go in on a Thursday, run run the hell off the players and say that's unacceptable, but that's old school. You know, it's not really, it's a case of now getting those boys back into a frame of mind that now they're prepared to go and be positive and do the right things. And, we, so we turned. We knew that we knew that Ashford, again, had them watched. Again, had scouting reports. We had videos. Everything. It was really, really good. So we have got scouts that's doing that. It's, it's marvellous. We knew that they were very, very direct. Play a diamond. Play a diamond in midfield. How can we suffocate them? How can we do this? Where's where? Where can we exploit them? Et cetera, et cetera. What they were was extremely direct, extremely physical, and very, very non-league. Very, very non-league. That's, you know, and, and 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 i was speaking to their manager afterwards, Greg. That's exactly how he set them up. Exactly how he set them up. So they played a great, you know, they played a massive ball from a goal kick, smashed it upfield. We've competed for the first header. It's popped out of their guy, and he's done this scissor kick from sort of like 25 yards, and it's flown like a rocket into the top corner. And he's sort, of, you know, you speak to Dan Easton afterwards, and he said, "I was waving the white flag the moment he hit his foot because left his foot because it was just, you know, it was. I want to say he won a million. Fair play. The guys deliberately done it." But you sort of go, right, OK, maybe that's just the way things are going for us. We then miss a great opportunity about 20 minutes later. He, he, you know, fair play to TJ. He gets, you know, got the ball out wide. We moved the ball really well. The one or two passages of play that we were able to move the ball quickly. And we did. And again, TJ broke lines like he'd done. And then sadly, unlike, unlike the Burgess Hill game where he was able to put the header in, this time his header coming to keep made a really, really good save. And to be honest, they were the only two real chances in the game. Everything was close. Everything was competitive. It was very, very physical. But generally, it was played in the right spirit. I don't think there was any nastiness about it. But, yeah, it was – those were the fine margins. You know, we had an opportunity, and sadly, we didn't take it. They had an opportunity, or should we say half opportunity. And the guy, like I said, he could probably hit that 100 times and may only hit one. But it was a great strike. I don't want to take that away from him. But those were the fine margins. So, you know they then went to Hastings in the next round and Hastings only beat them I think on a penalty shootout so it goes to sort yeah. of show you know the level of, of the side that they are they they are they are fairly decent um, they are big they are they're strong physical but I thought we cope with the, I thought we cope with that physicality really well any entries into the box we want to deal with because we were coming off the back of the Hive game where we were saying every time the ball's in the box we look shaky so we make sure we deal with it correctly and to be fair to the boys they did
0: even on the back of that one nil, I mean, you would say that there was an improvement, really, in the application from the lads.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, certainly, certainly from the game, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, the the, the Hive game just came down to guilt guilt errors, like just obvious, blatant errors. We weren't tight enough, and it's not about sort of someone being honest or you know, you know, are they cheating? I just looked at it, and it was. There's the basics of doing things right. You know, the, the the aggressiveness, the physical contact, the the you know, being tight to your man to prevent him from you know, prevent him from make there was just there was that lack of that lack of bite that was really, really frustrating. And there at the scene, it was the same against the VCD in the second half. And and For all the times that we want people encourage teams to encourage our team to play and let's you know let's keep possession and return. If you don't have that, you don't have that bite on the uh, out of position, or if you're not willing to die and restrict chances or or restrict opportunities. Then the Hive game is a perfect example that you can get turned over by an experienced side that know how to play the game. And that was something that, like I said, it was. So when we came into the Ashford one, we had to make sure that we do we did all that. And we did all that well when we played against Ashford. Sadly, like I said before, the result was from from, from an outstanding outstanding strike. The continuation from that was, was that we moved on to, yeah, we're positive, as you said. Continuing, we moved on to East Grinstead and what we then did with the budget Then we know that East Grinstead, I believe they'll be up there in this year with, with, you know, the resources that now seem to have and, and the players that they've acquired. We set up with the work that we've done during the week. We set up, uh, with the back to the original shape that I like and back into a position where we had everything, you know, this was our game plan. This is how we're looking to, ex- how, how we're looking to exploit it. Um, and it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. Um, frustrate the life out of them. Their back three can have it. We can plug gaps. We can low press and then when we get an opportunity on a counter-attack we do it. And we're resilient and we're strong and frustrate the life out of them. And we did. And we did it for, well, we did it all game. <laughs> they well, then had two. I up. say it was two-one-up and they scored in the 90th minute. Yeah, 90th minute. And it's a, it's a ball into the box from a corner which we've dealt with. So we've cleared the header. There's a a, you know, we, we, we've we've got a one v one duel on the ed, on the edge of the box to stop them, and they, you know, it was a duel that the guys managed to just hook back in over the top, and he's gone 50, forty fifty feet up into the air, right underneath Dan Eason, and their centre forward is just charging into Dan to stop him getting the ball. Dan can't now do anything because and the, and the ball bounced out, and the guy stuck it in the ninety third minute to equalise, and we've gone charging It's... If, if there is a, there's a kick in the teeth that you say, right, the boys don't deserve that, it's that. For one, when you read their interviews yeah. afterwards and their player reports in afterwards and you listen to their news reports afterwards, they all conceded it was, they all admitted it was a blatant foul. It was, you know, I mean, they can't say that, but what they're saying is, well, God, if, if that had gone the other way, we would have been disappointed. Well, that's them saying that it's, a, it's a blatant foul. And those are the little rubs yeah. of the green that we weren't getting. We weren't getting. And we deserved the three points from that. They admitted that they would you know, that it didn't quite go for them. But, you know, over the course of the season, you'd like to think those things even themselves out. But sadly, you know, that one was a real disappointing, uh, not disappointing, it disappoint, the good thing is we were disappointed that we didn't win the game. And that, you know, that's it's got a way that East Grinstead, we've, we've, they were, I think they'd won their first three or four games, you know, they were, they were unbeaten in the league. We were the first team to take points off them. And to be honest, we should have taken all three, but... Um, we were disappointed it was only one, but again that was that was you know that was kind of how we felt we performed that we were only disappointed to get one point against them. So um, again, a lot of positives from it.
0: Yeah, good summary, of that very good. And then we were home to Cray Valley PM. That we drew that one one all. There were eight yellow cards in that game, four each. It was a very weak referee, and that's a weird one. And then the last game before lockdown um, away to VCD, we lost that two nil. Uh, that mm. was a one where. To my mind, of seeing it, you, the first nil we were well, the wind was just such an advantage to them. How they didn't mm-hmm. go three or four up, I don't know. But uh, and then at half time, there was no wind. into yeah. You know, for as far as we were concerned. But first of all, the Cray Valley team.
1: Yeah. Again, almost a carbon copy of what I was just talking about with East Grinstead. They're going to be a side that are going to be right up there. Really, really, really good side. Um, we again, we tactically, I felt we got it right. It scored immediately. I think it was after a couple of minutes. I think um, T J, wasn't it? T J yeah, on the edge of the box. He's managed to curl one in from the corner. Great finish. We had another couple of half opportunities. We restricted them first half really, really well. And second half, we again, we did everything right. Did everything right. It sounds like I'm moaning at referees because on the last lockdown, I tried to stay away from moaning at referees, but again, I've got a video. It's just criminal. You know, we're 1-0 up. TJ goes through and keeper makes a really good save. 2-0, the game's over. Two minutes later, Jay Hards goes through and their guy absolutely just takes him, wipes him clean out. And again, it's, you know, it's blatant. So that's 2-0 or possibly, you know, whether it's TJ's or the penalty, it's 2-0. And we then, like I said, 93rd, 93rd 94th minute, whatever it was, disappointed that it came from our throwing down in the corner so we ended up sort of losing possession from a corner and then not reacting to the ball hooked into the box It sort of it bounces around and it's just you know you just you want it to fall to one of us just to boot the ball clear but it just seems to rattle around and no matter how close we try and get it just it's not quite close enough and it comes to their guy who smashes one in from sort of the edge of the box and it goes through two players legs and you know, in the only corner that Dan can't save it. So you again you're like, oh God, that's that's tough for the boys because that was really, really again, another really, really good performance. And and very sadly very that that was one time I did go back and go get into the change room afterwards and I wasn't happy because I felt that for where we wanted to be and for where how close we were against you know, gaining six points against those two teams, we didn't do it. That and, and and I had to let the players know that I was with them, a hundred percent for their effort and for their work. Fine, but those are the fine margins that I felt that you know, with I know we played a couple more games than anyone else, but those six points or those those four points that we dropped would have seen us yeah. second, I think, second or third. And that that to us was like we've let that slip. And I wanted us to all be aware that that was you know the severity and the importance of the situation that in the last minute of a game. We have to do things right, you know, all the time, because otherwise you get punished and a and, and, and sin. I, I, don't think that, I don't think the East Grinstead one was the fault of the players, far from it. I thought the second, go, or thought the, East, the Cray Valley one was, and that was why I felt, I, that's why I wasn't quite happy. But again, I, I, that's me being extremely picky, and the players know that, you know, I'll always pick up on those things. But generally, I couldn't have been prouder of them to be in those, first, those two games against two good opposition. That we've walked away disappointed that we haven't won. So really, that's a that's 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 a positive trait.
0: And then away to ECD, and that, as I say, was uh, well wind assisted first half, definitely.
1: Um, what was the first goal. First goal, a guy danced inside, no, danced outside, and there, yeah, danced outside and got a shot off. And Marcus Elliott in a six yard box, like a little poacher's goal. Managed to stick one in. It was pretty scrappy first half. Like you say, the wind, I don't think, helped. Um, we had a couple of uh, couple of half-decent opportunities when I watched the video back last week. We did have a couple of decent opportunities first half. So 1-0 down at half-time, you know, we weren't too concerned. I just felt that really if we just up our work a little bit and better with our retention, and, and the other thing was, was our final delivery, sort of, you know, our, our work in the final third. So we were comfortable... With how we were operating, but when it got into the final third, our, our final decision, the killer pass, or it was either rushed, wasn't enough quality, and then it showed. in it showed second half when we played them second half. I think ball retention wise, I would say we were probably on top by about 60, 65 percent, and we were looking to go forward, created sort of half opportunities, but every time we got into a final third. We lack that little bit of guile, creativity, and patience at times as well. Um, and it just broke and it just kept breaking down. And that was really frustrating for us. Again, the boys worked extremely hard to get themselves in those positions. And they're just like, oh, God, you know, they're, they're feeling just as disappointed as I am, but they haven't been, you know, it hasn't quite worked out for them. And then they, they scored their second one. I think poor Dan, you know, if there's one person that I'm never going to blame for, for a mistake, it's Dan Eason, because as I said, he's dug us out of plenty plenty of times uh, before, but Dan missed a punch from the corner and it di- and it disappeared, at the, you know, the, the ball trickled into the corner because Dan missed a punch and you sort of go, oh, God, you know, we've been peppering them for the last, or should we say, working well for the last 15, 20 minutes. And again, in the, in the, in the last part of the second half, I don't think they really caused us many problems, but, you know, 2-0. The uh, one one summary for me was that, as I said, you know, we... we we got ourselves into good opportunities in good positions, and we just lacked that little bit of quality and composure in the final third. Flacky got injured quite badly, which was which was disappointing um, because he does have that element of composure in the final third where he can pick a pass and we can do things. But as I said, for all the hard work and all the huff and puff, we just didn't really create anything in the final third, which was which was frustrating for us. Yeah,
0: that injury to Flacky was um, was really a nasty one, wasn't it? And uh... yeah. Again, a weak referee, to be honest. I mean, to me, that was a straight red. But there you go. You, yeah. you know, they don't don't seem to wave the brakes about like they did.
1: How's, how's his ankle? By the way? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's OK. Fortunately, um, I don't know if you've seen the air. There was, a, there was a nasty picture of it straight afterwards. We were really concerned that it broke his ankle. But he hadn't. He's just got a, you know, really yeah. severe bruising across the top of his ankle on the top of his shin. Luckily, um, although his leg was planted, it seems that he was able to get his foot out of the turf before. Because if he hadn't, yeah, you know, I, I dread to think what the result of that of that injury could have been. Um, I don't think it was. I think it was a nasty tackle. It was a bad tackle. I don't think the guy's gone in with any malice. I must admit, I don't think he's gone in to do Flackey. That's a hundred percent. He hasn't tried to do that. But but I don't think the player was in control of his of the tackle and and that's resulted in in, in Flackey getting quite a nasty injury. Yeah, my gut feeling was it was a red card straight away, but you know, I've I've spoke to a few people about it and they sort of thought maybe it wasn't, maybe it was. It seems to happen quite quickly, but you know, like I said, I'm I'm not going to not going to go over too much on that one as I said it's you know, some sometimes, sometimes they give it, sometimes they don't, you, you don't know.
0: Um and what it will probably be, it'll be like um an open session, invited guests on to uh come on and just put their questions to you and the chairman, uh, but it will be broadcast live. So it's as close as we can get to uh, a manager's and chairman's question
1: time. Look forward to it. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter
0: for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night early Monday morning and you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end and leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates cheers